once you get to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, if you would also turn to Acts chapter 17. We're going to look at both of those. Thank you all so very much for that. Josh Womble and Matt McBroom and Jake Beatty and myself are honestly, truly, sincerely, genuinely uh, thrilled and humbled and grateful to pastor this church. In the ministry, there's so many bad experiences that shouldn't be the case, but there are so many bad experiences in churches. We all have pastoral friends that do not like their situation. And I assure you all, and I mean it with all my heart, we love our situation. We love uh, being your pastors. And what we say up here, when we say things like that, uh, is the same attitude in the way we feel when we are uh, together in meetings, praying and discussing how to lead better. It's a good church that wants to honor their leaders. We've seen that here recently in Thessalonians, and you all do that really well. Thank you for that. Thank you for that service. Thank you, Dan, for putting that together. Thank you to the personnel committee for helping with that, and thank you so much to those staff people that just spoke. Uh, Andrew Crawford, thank you very much for saying those things. Today we start 2 Thessalonians. We told you a few weeks ago that we were going to do 1 and 2 Thessalonians together. We finished 1 Thessalonians, and so today we start 2. They go together. They are letters from the Apostle Paul to the church, and we're going to keep doing it the way we did 1 Thessalonians. So um, Sunday evening service is just going to keep it going. So today we're going to cover the first four verses, and then tonight we'll start at verse 5 and we'll keep it going, and Matt McBroom is going to preach that tonight. That's been really good. We know not everybody comes to Sunday night, uh, but those are also available online. If you're liking the study through Thessalonians, keep up with it. You can watch that anytime throughout the week, and we're just moving right along. So Matt is going to cover tonight five through the end of the chapter, and so next Sunday morning, we will be starting there at chapter two. That's, that's how that works, um, and we will keep, I, th I think that's right. Yeah, that, that's right, and, uh, and so we'll just keep it going. We want to lead y'all through a study in Second Thessalonians. This letter begins with his thankfulness, and we didn't plan it to be that way for Pastor Appreciation uh, Sunday morning. But while you all have said thank you to us four, and now us four are saying thank you back to you all, this is how the letter begins. And Paul is thankful for this church. And there is, there really is, in the faith, a whole lot to be thankful for. Now, I also asked you to turn to Acts chapter 17. And we did this at the beginning, but I want to do it again. So stay here at 2 Thessalonians, but also flip over to Acts chapter 17. The Apostle Paul is a missionary traveling the world, taking the message of Christ to wherever God sends him. He specifically had a call to this place called Macedonia, and there are multiple towns in that region. And one that he ends up in, in chapter 17, is Thessalonica, all right? 
And so, right, some people have never really studied the Bible and they've never been able to piece together the different parts of the Bible. I want to remind you that while the Bible is one book made, of 60, made up of 66 books, written by human people, it was inspired by God, that it is truly the word of God, and so God is the author of all of it. There are human authors, and there is also God is author working through those human authors, all right? And so, what we see in Acts chapter 17 is when Paul got there to that town, did the ministry, saw people come to faith in Christ, they started a church, and then he left. And he's not there. And so what the letters are, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, are just letters back to that church. All right? And and once you kind of get that little context, it starts to change a lot. So let's read Acts chapter 17 so you can see what's happening. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, And on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob. Now pay attention to this. They formed a mob and set the city in an uproar, and they attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed. And when they had heard these things, disturbed when they heard these things, and when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Now look at verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. And so that right there is what we know about the mission work, the ministry that happened in Thessalonica. The reason why I showed you verse 10 is because because of that adversity, because of that hatred, because of that evil, that persecution against the church and against the work, Paul left and he went to a different town, Berea. And what we know of the work in Thessalonica is just that, that we just read, Acts 17, one through nine. We know that they made it there. We know that they preached. They know that they reasoned with them. They know that some people believed and, they know that, and we know that some people hated them, opposed them, and persecuted them. And specifically, this guy named Jason, he was attacked, all right? But their message was that Jesus is king and that is who we should be loyal and faithful and worshiping is God. All right, And so that's what we know. And then you later, so you can turn back now to 2 Thessalonians, you, you get these letters and it starts to open up. Well, I wonder what happened to those people. What's going on in Thessalonica? What happened to the church there? How's it doing? And we get the first letter and now we get this second letter. All right, The first letter was written there in the first century. They got it. They received it. They read it to the church. Paul has, is, is, is hearing, giving some reports. And so we get this second letter that was written sometime shortly after the first. Read with me now, 2 Thessalonians, the first four verses. 
Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. In many ways, this is your normal, regular introduction to a letter. It's very similar to the way he began at 1 Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, which is the extended name of Silas, Paul, Silas, and Timothy writing to the church, a church that they are connected with by faith. Once you believe in Christ, you are adopted and welcomed in, received in to the family of God, to all who believed on him and called upon his name. He gave the right to become children of God, the Bible says in John 1.12. And so he addresses them as the family of God. Although he doesn't live in Thessalonica, although he is not from there, he knows that the believers there are in the family of God. God is their father, Christ is their Lord and Savior, and it is the same for him and his group and those that do the work. So it's a normal greeting. But in verses three or four, it moves into thanksgiving. And this is normal too. This is what he regularly does. But I want us to focus today on that which he is thankful for. He is thankful. Now I want to remind you that we truly have so much to be thankful for. We do have a lot that we can be frustrated about. We do have a lot that we can be discouraged about in life. And so is life, right? We live in the balance of, hey, it rained this morning. We had to come to church in the rain, right? That stinks. It was cold and wet and not very fun. But hey, we have a church and a roof over our head and we're not wet in here, right? And so it, like everything in life, it can be discouraging and encouraging, and there is that which we should be thankful for. And what we see spread throughout the Bible, not necessarily as direct teaching, is that believers who have their hopes set on God, they know that. We know that. We know that kids are going to be frustrating sometimes. We know that some days it rains. We know that sometimes our plans don't work out and schedules fall apart. We know that sometimes relationships in this life get sideways and break our heart. We know that sometimes people get sick and die. We know that life is like that. And yet we also know so many other things that are better and more encouraging. And yet the believer is still to find that which we are to be thankful for. We could truly find this message throughout all of God's word, the Old Testament or the New Testament, the prophets or the gospels, the wisdom books or the letters, learning to be a thankful people. I want to encourage you this morning to allow in your lives time to reflect not on all the things that have you upset, because that will happen naturally, but to reflect upon the things that you have to be thankful for. A lot to be thankful for. Paul here, remember, is writing back to a church in a town 
where they were beaten up, attacked, and run out of town. And the letter begins with how much he has to be thankful for. Before we break down verses 3 or 4, I want you to look at chapter 2, verse 15. You need to see this. If you've got a pen, underline it. You need to see this. So then, brothers, this is 2.15. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Does everybody see that? It's the real little things like that that help us in a huge way understand, okay, 1 Thessalonians was the first letter, and 2 Thessalonians is the next letter. And even here, we have one little mention in 2.15 that he wrote the first letter. They processed that. They were instructed and taught some things through the first letter. And now here comes the second letter, and he mentions the first letter, right? There's a world of piecing things together and understanding, and this makes sense when you study the Bible that way. But today we're looking at verses 3 or 4, uh, verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1 from the second letter, and that which he is thankful for. The first thing that the Apostle Paul is thankful for with the Thessalonian church is, number one, he is thankful for their growing faith. Thankful for their growing faith. Look at verse 3. We ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers as is right. Because your faith is growing abundantly. Church, this is the way God has designed the faith to go. When somebody becomes a believer in Christ, they are then set into a training program till they die that is called the local church. Being involved in the body of Christ where we meet regularly. Y'all, this group that you are a part of called the church has a meeting every single Sunday. We meet every single Sunday for you all to be trained a little bit more and a little bit further. And every single time we break out our uh, manual, right, our training book that is this book. And every single week we have labored, literally labored and prayed and found a time to lock ourselves in a room and study and prepare and to figure out what this means for us and for you to teach you this. I have a job description and that's part of what my job description is. We have a job description, the four of us, and that is part of what our job description is. It is to train you all. Last week, we baptized two people up here, and almost always when we do a baptism, we quote the Great Commission, where Jesus says to make disciples and baptize them, but then we quote to you the very next line after that, and you know what it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And that is a lot, is it not? That is a big, long book, okay? That is this holy Bible. Teach them all of that. And that's a lot. But that is the training program that we are in as believers. And in all training programs, whether you're working at the grocery store, working in a hospital, or belonging